This is episode number 233, Reframing Your Life Story, with Christopher Burns. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your fullest potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a few quick announcements. First one being an invitation to all of our listeners to our weekly conversation, Survive to Thrive Attitude of Gratitude. This is a weekly conversation hosted through LinkedIn Live and Facebook Live, where we explore the connection between gratitude and grief, gratitude and resilience, gratitude and relationships, and many other topics. If this is something of interest to you, please consider joining us at 10.45 a.m. every single Friday and ask questions, bring your insights, or share your perspectives as it relates to each and every single one of the topics that we choose to explore. The second announcement that I wanted to make is if you've enjoyed any of the previous episodes or if this is your first time tuning in and you like what you heard, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google so more people can find these amazing and courageous conversations. Last but not least, if you have enjoyed any of our work or if our work has had any form of impact in your life, please consider supporting our cause by making a donation through our website at overcomingodds.today so we can continue creating and sharing these inspiring and courageous conversations. Now, let's get back to the show. There he is. See, the beauty of technology sometimes is after a while, everything becomes habitual. And so you know where to click and you know what to do. And then just like, boom, here's an unexpected adventure. But at the same time, like that's the beauty of it is that you think that it's automated, but then there's just one slight thing, mm. one slight variation in life and the story changes. Wow. Dude, you know? that's, that's so powerful that those little incremental shifts that can make quantum leaps in difference. It's, it reminds me of the compound effect by mm-hmm. Darren Hardy and slight edge by Jeff Olson. Such a, such a really core philosophy to adjust the, the set of our sales as Jim Rohn would say, mm-hmm. and, and really direct our life. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate the fact that you and I are able to connect again. As I said, you and I connected instantly the first time we met. And I wanted to have you on the show, on this show, as it relates to this topic of reframing your life story. And in particular, what I wanted to focus on, because, you know, your life story, it's a very uh, broad and a very large topic to tackle. So the, the experience I wanted to focus on is the one that's related to documenting. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was recently having a conversation with a friend of mine who had made me realize this something that is relatively important within my life, and that is why I choose to document. Mm -hmm. And I remember in sitting there and exploring the question of my own, and what started to come up for me was the experience that I was able to share with my grandpa who passed away many, many years by now. But it was a project that I had to do in my 10th grade U.S. history class where we were asked to interview someone who had been a part of a major world-changing event. Mm. 
And one of the events that my grandpa was a part of was World War II. I don't remember specifically if he was in combat or anything like that, but I do remember that he was a pilot. And in fact, there are quite a few stories that go around the household where, you know, he used to take um, his kids, his sons on on the plane and do all the crazy stuff that he did up in the sky. (laughs) But the, you know, the thing that really stood out to me in looking at that experience was the importance of documenting his life because here's a man who had a tremendous impact and influence on my life. And yet, based on my knowledge and recollection, I believe, at least through my experience, I only have one captured memory of his voice. I have hundreds of pictures that I'm able to reflect upon, but only one that actually gives the image of what he sounded like, what he thought, and what he was able to do with those things. And I know that this has been a topic within my life. I don't know if this has been a topic in your life, but oftentimes I would have conversations with people. And one of the most common things that I hear is that my story is not of significance and my story is not important. Well, the reality of the matter is it is important. You know, it may not be as important to you, but it may be important to someone else. Mm -hmm. And I think this process of documenting the experience outside of the written form or even in the written form is critical because when I pass, that's the thing that's going to be left. And I'm wondering in your case, because I know you do a lot of this, when did that make sense for you? And why did you even start to document your experience to begin with? Yeah. Yeah, it was about 10 years ago, Oleg, and it was because of joining a network marketing company. And my original form of documenting came because they they put so much value on sharing your story and how your story is actually what gets people to sign up for things, right? In the beginning, this was this was the mechanism by which people were enrolled. It wasn't mm-hmm. so much the details. It wasn't so much the facts. It wasn't so much the the nitty gritty, the what but more so, or the how I should say, but more so the the why, why I'm doing these things. And Simon Sinek st- talks about start with why, really powerful TED talk for anyone tuning in. But that why, why, why do we do the things that we do? And so if we have a small why, when I had a small why, when I was going through my uh, teenage years, I didn't have a, any big reasons to to strive or grow or become a better version of myself. So um, for me, it was really getting clarity that I can actually master my my destiny and my journey and whatever has been kind of put into my mind that I don't really have power over shaping my reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got this light bulb that went off that said, no, you can actually change who you are and your destination, your destiny, your journey. Mm-hmm. And do you think documenting is, a, is, is there anything other than using documentation as a form of progress and evaluation? as far as how far you've come? Like, is there any other things that you've learned throughout that process that gives you additional fulfillment? Hmm. It's a great question. I, I find that for me, the, the documenting of what, what I have grown through, what, where, where I was at, as far as psychologically in my mind, in my evolution, what was important to me, I believe it gives me a confidence of knowing who I am because mm-hmm. I know the journey that I've, I've grown through. So yes, there's the, the 
the being able to reflect on it and look at it and say, hey, where was I back then? What was my life like? Uh, it also helps me relate with other people. When I go back and review that stuff, it it kind of humbles me and it says, hey, I was once I was once at the beginning, just like you might be or someone who's tuning in right now. And so I think it's really important to stay connected with those roots, not letting it define me because it can be easy or it can be a, a, a tendency for people to stay stuck in the past with who they were instead of creating a new version of themselves by saying, who do I desire to be in the future? Okay, I am that person mm -hmm. now. And, and there's a lot to that, but uh, that's, that's, I think the big thing is, I, I was able to clearly see how much progress I'd made and also to be able to relate with other people. I think those were probably the two biggest things that, that kind of kept me humble and added value to my life as far as documenting. Have you ever gone back in time and deleted any of the first or early material that you put out there? So I have, I have hidden pictures that mm -hmm. I didn't feel represented my personal brand today, right? Like pictures of me in high school, for example, uh, you know, holding four, four cheeseburgers up, taking a, <laughs> a, a out of four McDonald's cheeseburgers, right? Never like, done that. <laughs> in one hand, just cause, right? And so that is not something that necessarily represents me today. So I, I still have it in my Facebook, but I don't necessarily showcase that as a profile picture. So um, for me, it's, it's, it's interesting because it doesn't, it's, it's not like it's, it's hurting me to, to put it out there, but it's, it's like, okay, I have one shot to make an impression on people. What's the impression that I want to make? Do I want, if they scroll through my, my profile picture to go back there and look at that, that could be, ta be taken one of two ways. One is mm -hmm. this guy, you know, who, who, like, who did he used to be? And so they, they might get skeptical or lose faith, doubt, whatever it might be. But it also could build credibility saying, hey, he was once a, a jokester and, you know, lived lived normal, just like everyone else. So uh, for me, I've, I've made the choice at this point, and I might change in the future of being more selective of as far as what I put out. Um, and uh, yeah, that's, that's just been for me personally, it's mainly been the pictures, videos. No, never, never hidden videos because mm. when I started making videos, particularly it was Facebook lives, it was, or it was pre-recorded videos. And it was after I had discovered network marketing and I had the intention of serving and impacting people's lives. So that's, that's when I really started creating videos, documenting my journey. Mm -hmm. I'm always curious, I, I think, in asking that question of people because of just to be able to show the whole progression yeah. of how far you come. I know for me with the podcast, the other yeah. podcast, yeah. I still had the first episode there. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I'll have it there for however long the podcast uh, lives mm -hmm. and has a life of its own because of wanting to show the complete transformation mm -hmm. that that particular show takes my voice my you know every everything that i've been able to learn the the thing about facebook that the other reason why i asked it is because recently i was um <laughs> this was a couple years ago I, I was going through it similar thing as far back as i could and just looking at some of the things that i posted i remember one of them in particular was regarding homework mm. Some post just what what did everyone think of this particular homework assignment, or did what did everyone have for lunch today? Wow. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's just so funny and interesting to be able to look back at all of that, and it, in a way it helps me understand that whenever I see similar content now, mm -hmm. it, 
I'm not there to judge mm. because I've been there. I was that. And so having that reflection point or reference point yeah. allows me to take a step back and say, you were that kid mm. over many years ago. Mm. You might have changed, but you didn't necessarily change in like a better or worse. You just changed. Yeah. And I think just being able to step outside from that whole realm of comparison and thinking that, oh, I can't believe these people are posting this or saying that. It's like that's their own journey. And they just happen to be at one step of it, just like you were yeah. once upon a time. So good. So good. Like, and I love this because um, part of me, I've, I've, my journey has been stepping into my story of how, how much I impact people around me and, and mm -hmm. stepping into that value, stepping into that confidence, stepping into that, um, the, the pride, so to speak, the, 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 the knowingness that I have impacted people's lives and standing on top of that instead of saying, oh, no, it's no big deal. Right. And then kind of making myself smaller. And so the the humility I've, I've heard is not not making yourself smaller. It's not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking more of others, right? So mm. be, be proud, be confident, own, own those aspects of your story. And, and I love what you said there because Petia, my fiance, she, uh, I would say tends to be, um, for example, we were in Tulum this, this, uh, two weeks ago and there were people partying above us and they were loud. And Petia loves her peace and quiet. She loves the tranquility. She loves the serenity. And so she was like getting frustrated about these people being loud. And I was like, they're having a good time. They're, they're joyous. They're, they're having fun, you know, like, like, yes, they might be quote unquote disrespecting other people or not, not paying attention to how they're influencing the people around them. But I'm not going to, you know, talk trash on their desire to have fun, even if it's with with other than uh, means other than I would choose to agree with today. For example, if they're drinking or whatever it might be, it's like, OK, well, I haven't drank in two years and three months or something like that. So I wouldn't necessarily go do that. But I'm not going to judge people who do that. And, and they find fun. They find joy. They find aliveness in that. Um, it's not something I would choose to go back to a phase in my life I would go back to. But personally, I'm not going to bring them down. I'm not going to judge them for that. And I think um, with our story, we can tell it in a way that inspires others that we were once there and and be on that even footing, right? Especially when we look up to to our idols, to to people who are, are successful, people who have massive success, or um, they have the lifestyle that we want, they have freedom, they have the impact that we want, they have companies that inspire us. And uh, in the other people, society tends to, to put them on a pedestal and say, these mm -hmm. people are, are so amazing. And it's almost like they're better than us, right? That's kind of society's programming actors and musicians that have, you know, millions of dollars, millions of followers, whatever it might be. There is a, a connotation that they are better than us. And so when I share my story, I'm, I'm telling it in a way that's like, I'm no better than you and you're no better than me. We are all equal as far as our deservingness, as far as our souls go in my perspective. And so the more we celebrate that and and recognize that in each other, then I think the more harmony we're going to have, the, the better quality of life that we're going to have, the more love that we're going to have for ourselves and for others. What does true equality mean to you? That's a great question too, Oleg. Man, true equality. So... True equality means, I believe, um, not hindering, not intentionally hindering someone else's ability to to get what they desire in life. Um, and so for me, it's it's truly allowing others to shine 
in whatever is, is important and meaningful for them. And as a human being, like I know that I'm no better than anyone else. So that's, that's equality. If someone wants to, to share what they're proud of, share what they're, what they are, um, what they aspire to, what is important to them, like that's, that's great. Right. So for me, I'm, I'm totally still discovering this as well, because I've had a, a challenge, especially within like the last year or two mm-hmm. with a lot of uh, political stuff going on and how I personally relate to it. And, you know, my my particular uh, perspective of the world because of my circumstances that I was raised in and what that what that means as far as my perspective and privilege, un- non-privilege and things like that. And so for me, it's equality is people being able to go after their dreams, um, whatever is most important to them and being supported in that as long as it's not hurting or bringing down other people, not intentionally doing that. So, yeah. Do you think everyone has equal opportunity? Ooh, so good. So good. Equal opportunity. So I believe that there's circumstances in this world, in this universe that are more difficult than others. So for example, someone's born to a poor family, their circumstances might be more difficult, more challenging, might appear to be more challenging than someone who's maybe born in a uh, more middle-class or upper-class environment that has a family that can provide for their needs. That being said, the, the let's say uh, poor family, mm-hmm. they have challenges that are different than the richer upper-class family. And so the richer upper-class might fight a lot. They might fight about money or, or whatever it might be. The, the emotions, the emotions that each human experiences in each of these circumstances, um, mm-hmm. the emotions are the same. We all have the same emotions. We're all human beings having a human experience. So we feel anger. We feel frustration. We feel shame. We feel jealousy. We feel envy. We feel unworthiness, right? All these things can come up in our experience. And so for me, I, I believe that each person, no matter what the circumstances that they're given, they have the responsibility, 100% responsibility of directing their life to where they want it to go. There might be more obstacles in the way. Someone who's born in a, let's say, poor family might have more obstacles in the way to create financial freedom than someone who's born in a more rich family. The more Mm -hmm. family, it might be easily accessible to teach them about abundance and prosperity and wealth strategies and things like that. And vice versa, there there might be something in the the wealthy family where um, people There's not as much kindness. There's not as much uh, generosity. There's not as much uh, relationship focus versus the poor family. That's something that's super important to them, right? Not saying Mm -hmm. that this is the case, but it's a possibility. It's a scenario where the poor family would would have more family values. They would sit down and, and have dinner with each other and really appreciate each other's company and time and be present with each other because they don't have a million and one, uh, you know, business Mm. concerns going on. So um, everyone has their circumstances that they're born into, but I believe we are a hundred percent responsibility of what we make of those circumstances. And there, in my opinion, there's no destiny that is too far out of reach. Whatever someone has a dream of, of achieving, they can do that. There might be more obstacles. Again, someone who's five foot one, the chances of them succeeding in the NBA and, and needing to be six, six, seven or whatever. Uh, it's very, very difficult. They would have to be a, a ridiculous level of commitment and practice to, to develop the skill set to warrant their expertise in the NBA. Um, so I think that that's just knowing 
that, hey, maybe if I'm five one, I wasn't really put here to be an NBA player. But if I love the NBA, I might be here to trade NBA cards or create NBA merch or be an announcer or something like that, that is in the similar arena of what lights me up, but not being attached to what I thought was the purpose mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to have here when, when athletes get injured and having to course correct and create a new career for themselves, um, not being attached to that original athletic position, but being able to adapt to like, mm, I love that for many reasons. So the, there's one thought that a couple thoughts that came to mind. The first one is something that I've heard for quite some time. And that is you are born for it. Mm. And in particular, when it comes to the circumstances, and I, and I wonder if one of the reasons that phrase might be true or have truth within it is because you are the one that chooses to create the meaning out of the circumstances, because otherwise like circumstances are just circumstances, mm. right? Events are just events. And there's so many of them that happen throughout the day. And then over a course of a week, a month, a year, and I'm wondering if one of the things that do um, allow someone or myself to really understand that these were the circumstances that I was quote unquote meant to have mm. is because of the meaning that I choose to associate with each one of them. Mm. And that I think goes to the question of what you you were hinting towards is how do you respond to your circumstances? Mm. So this is something I wanted to touch on as far as a training I got years Mm -hmm. ago that made a big difference for me is um, being able to see that everything is empty and meaningless. And uh, this is a a really challenging frame to come from, but one of the most powerful that we can stand in. And so when we come from this, this frame that everything is empty and meaningless, you might feel that, well, what's the purpose of living? What's the point of living? What's the point of being good, of, of achieving greatness? It's like, well, success is actually empty and meaningless. Building wealth is empty and meaningless. Loving people is empty and meaningless. So here's the challenge is that a lot of our life, our paradigm uh, that human beings have is that we are holding on to what we knew to get to this point. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest opportunities for growth is letting go of who we've been and how we've seen the world, how we understand what it, what does it mean to be a human being? Well, it means that, you know, I, 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 for example, a common analogy was what it means to be a human being is I work from 20 years old to 65 in the same company and corporation, and then I retire, and then I wait to die around 80 to 90 years old or whatever it might be, right? That's what it meant to be a human being. And that has been revolutionized within the last 10, 20, 30 years or so. And so that was a paradigm that busted open. And so I believe the more we're willing to bust open our paradigm and be willing to say everything is empty and meaningless now, what do I choose to create? The power Mm -hmm. of choice, the power of like, I'm going to choose how I see the world. I'm going to choose the meaning that I give to every single thing that happens, right? So a flat tire happens. Someone makes it mean, man, the whole universe is against me. Life sucks. Like things just keep getting worse and worse and worse. Another person, same flat tire, same exact location, same exact everything, except they choose to see it a different way. And they say, man, I'm so grateful this flat tire happened because it gave me a chance to slow down. I was rushing. Mm-hmm. I was going too fast. And hey, who knows what, what might have happened er- uh, ahead? Maybe I would have ran through a red light and gotten into a car crash. And this flat tire saved me from that. So 
I choose to see, I think, uh, I don't know if I mentioned on the last, last, uh, podcast that we mm -hmm. did, but, um, Albert Einstein's quote of you can either see everything in life as a miracle or nothing. And so for me, I choose to see everything as a miracle. I choose to see that everything is getting better and better. And sure, there's things that happen that I don't prefer. I don't like, doesn't feel good. It's painful. And how do I choose to adapt to those situations? So uh, just to really drive home for everyone who's tuning in, the, the blank slate, the tabula rasa, to be able to let go of everything that happened in the past. Don't, don't forget it. Don't uh, make it like, um, what's, don't make it irrelevant. Don't make it something that it's, it's like it was useless. It was pointless. It was a waste. It's not a waste. It's all fuel. It's all fertilizer for your growth. But in this moment, you can be, do, and have anything and everything you desire. So what do you choose to create? Okay, from from this blank slate. And so just to share a little bit more, um, one of my biggest challenges on my journey, Oleg, was owning my my power, my greatness. And one of my things that I don't do enough in my perspective is share about who I am in the future with other people. Enroll other people in the greatest version of myself five years, 10 years from now. I know what it is. I know who that is. But because I don't tell that story enough, it's almost like it doesn't come true as fast as it could. Like, mm -hmm. sure, sure. Like we're talking about enough. We're talking about lack, things like that. But in my perspective, if I were to accelerate my journey, I would tell the story of who I am as my greatest version more often to more people. And I will become that version more because the more often I tell it, the more it becomes real in my mind. The more often I tell it to other people, the more it becomes real in their mind. And because of that, there's this reflective, multiplicative effect of how I see myself and how I see that the world around me sees me too. So that begs a question then, how real is real? Mm. Real is, it, it, I believe, let's go, let's go woo-woo here because I'm, I'm pretty woo-woo. I love being woo-woo. <laughs> um, I believe that it, we are a, a soul, so to speak, experiencing this life in this human vehicle, in this human vessel, in this temple. And I also believe that this human vessel, while we see it as something physical, I'm knocking on my, my hand and touching my physical body right now, it feels physical. It feels real. This table feels real. Mm -hmm. But as far as I'm concerned, from, from the knowledge that's coming out right now around physics, around science, and definitely spiritual teachers, everything around us is energy. The things that we think are actually phys physical is not really physical. It's actually waves. It's actually particles. It's actually energy that is making up these physical things that are holding the molecules, holding the, the atoms to, together. Not only that, but quantum, quantum bits and, and these waves are constantly, as far as I understand, again, this is, I, I'm a very I'm novice at this, but this is my uh, hypothesis as of right now, is that everything is, the, 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 bait, the bits, the quantum bits are popping in and out of existence all the time, so fast that like we don't even notice that they're gone, okay? And so there's experiments that, that talk about this. When you focus on something, when you intend on something, mm -hmm. it literally changes the, the experiment so, um, and, and the data and what happens. And so I think it's really important for, for us to say, for me, this, this body is a, is a hologram, right? Mm -hmm. this, this body is, a, is just a projection of my mind, of my consciousness, and who I see Christopher Burns to be. And if that 
that projection, if the thoughts were changed, if the beliefs were changed about who I was, then theoretically, anything is possible. I could change my skin color. I can change my eye color. I can change who I am and how I show up in this world. I can change the shape of my body. And this might sound out there, uh, but data has shown they're talking about epigenetics and how uh, our environment and how we think and how we believe and how we feel literally changes our DNA, literally changes our gene expression. Uh, you can check out Bruce Lipton, The Biology of Belief. That's another great place. Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this stuff. Mm -hmm. So in terms of changing your story, we literally are changing the molecules and the atoms in this universe. And so I think that's so freaking empowering, man. How about you? Well, I, I can relate to much of that. And, and the reason why is because Many of the people that I've read, including Napoleon Hill, talk about yes. those concepts. Yes. Talk about the concepts of the thoughts. And and I'll never forget this. I was in college. I believe it was my second year. And I was taking a class called Introduction to Philosophy. And there was one class in particular where we were reading Plato's The Republic. Mm. And in it there one line that's the only thing that i can remember from it and it said that the only the the most powerful and the most real things are your thoughts yeah. now it didn't really register at the time as far as what what does that really mean but over time when i started to surround myself with some of these other books like thinking grow rich and the alchemist and all these other works i started to realize that the thoughts are truly powerful because they do shape my world prior to me even seeing that world in the tangible form. Yep. So everything that you just described about putting out your future version, I see that I live that and I continue to live it. And I think that's one of the things that I'm trying to encourage myself more of is before the goals even happen, hmm. putting them out there as if you're already feeling it. Why do that on your own? Why have that on your own? Why not just amplify that? And for for other people that say, well, how can you talk about things that haven't happened yet? That's their journey. But I realized that there's there's enough people throughout my own life who do believe in similar concepts. Yep. And through their support and by you actually putting out the ask in a way, that's what it is. You're saying, here's Chris, here's what I am in the future. You're giving them a roadmap as far as how people can really, really help you mm. and not help you just in the moment, but help you get to that thing that you're striving for. So I, I think there's a lot of power be, behind that. The other thing that I'll say is I started to read this book in the process of it called the origin of consciousness. Mm. For me, it's a relatively complicated book just because there's so many different perspectives of what consciousness even looks like. But as you were talking about it, I'm curious from your lens, how do you even understand consciousness? Mm. So for me, I, I, again, this is kind of getting spiritual, but I believe that we all came from one source, one whole connected source. Let's call it God. Let's call it, uh, it's bigger than the universe, right? Greater than, than, than the universe. Um, but it was all oneness. And so as far as I understand to experience life, to experience the, the adventure of life and, and, um, the human experience, different perspectives. And, and instead of just being oneness eternally for all time, it chose God source, whatever chose to split itself into a dualistic reality, into a dualistic universe, universes, whatever it might be, uh, and, and create polarity 
And so from polarity, then consciousness was born to come in human consciousness, whatever, rock consciousness, desk consciousness, light consciousness. I believe everything that is, is happening in this universe is experiencing itself in relation to other things, right? So a, a light, I might say a light is not me. I am a human being and that that's a light. Of course, I'm not a, I'm not a light. Um, but in my perspective, from a whole, whole higher holistic perspective, I am the light and the light is me, right? I am Oleg and Oleg is me. We are one. So consciousness, it, there is a consciousness of a soul, of a spirit, in, in, of a mind inhabiting this body and speaking these words right now, the, 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 the frequency that I'm able to receive because of my body, because of my life journey, because I'm what I'm aware to aware of, what I'm attuned to, what my story and my paradigm is. It's saying these particular words right now. Now, if I would have made different choices earlier in the journey that, you know, let's say I was partying and doing drugs and kept doing that for the rest of my life. Right. And so I would not be having this conversation potentially because I, I was in a different frequency. I was in a different perspective. I was in a different paradigm of what I focus on, what I pay attention to. But because I'm in this frequency right here with you right now, the consciousness is streaming through me having this particular conversation resonating at this frequency. I believe your soul and my soul are actually one but we are experiencing each other as different souls, right? We come from one greater whole, one, one God, one source, one universe, whatever it might be. So um, consciousness is, is multidimensional, multifaceted, but it's, it's the awareness. Consciousness is awareness. I have awareness of who I am and you have awareness of who you are. So you have a certain conscious perspective, a certain mind that experiences the world as a whole. But when we, come from a more holistic perspective. We are all actually one consciousness experiencing things from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. If we are more similar than I think maybe some of us think that we are, and based on what you just said, as far as we are one, we share, I think, and I, I agree with you. I, I'm totally there with you as far as we share similar things. And I think maybe to a degree, some of us or all of us, whatever that number looks like, maybe we all actually desire for the same thing. And it just happens to come out in all of these different forms and understandings and the, and the meaning that we choose to give it. I'm curious to hear from your lens though, if there are more similarities than our differences, or maybe if it's the same 50, 50, why is it, at least from my opinion, there's more of a focus on the differences than the similarities. Hmm. I believe Do you experience a similar thing. Do you know yeah, yeah. there's more of a yeah. focus on the difference than the similarity? Yeah, I believe uh, society especially has programmed us to focus on what some people have and what others don't have. Like have and have nots is is the biggest divide that um, especially fuels commerce. It, it fuels the economy, fuels people buying things that they don't need. So we have literally been indoctrinated into a system where we're programmed to feel like we need things when in actuality, the only thing we need is water, food, shelter, and oxygen, you know, like, and, and people, people being around other human people. And we could literally just sit around with, with each other, having great conversations all day long. And that could be a fulfilling life. Right. Mm -hmm. But, um, we've, we've been blessed. We've been blessed to be born into this particular 
timeline, this particular uh, life, this particular world where there is a lot of differences in perspectives. And I believe it's an opportunity to, to remember who we are. It's kind of like a training ground, right? This mm-hmm. is life is a training ground to say, where, where does my shadow uh, have more power over me than light and love? And, and when we reclaim the love along the journey over time, practicing different ways of being, practicing being generous, practicing being respectful, practicing instead of yelling at the person above us, who's making lots of noise, loving them them and appreciating them. uh, Then I believe there's, there's an element of um, like karma or whatever it might be that we kind of like work through that, that energy, that limitation, that block, and we won't have to experience that again. And so I believe that we're experiencing this life with all these differences because it's, it's triggering us. It's triggering mm-hmm. us to confront the stuff that we haven't dealt with, to heal, to love, to forgive the stuff that we haven't dealt with. And I believe that in sharing our story with, with others and re- reframing, actively reframing, um, we can spread that love or we can sow seeds of hate and difference and um, disconnection. And so I I feel that now more than ever, it's so important to be aware of our story, be aware of how we're sharing that in the world so that we can create more harmony, more unity, and bring people uh, closer together again. Where does love come from? Love comes from, I believe, going back to the polarity, it's, it's either there's light or lack of light, lack of, lack of love, right? So death is just the absence of energy. There is no, uh, energy death. There might be, um, collections and pockets uh, of lower vibrational energy, like shame and guilt and anger. And that can, that can, uh, coalesce into a, a community or a society or a culture that causes people to be very violent or, um, you know, hurtful towards other people. And so those low vibrational energies of, of, uh, revenge and, and guilt and shame and whatever else might be coming up there. Um, that itself is still energy. There's, there's just energy or nothing, right? There's no negative energy. And so that polarity, I believe it's, it's interesting because when you say polarity, there's a negative and then there's a positive. Right. Um, but, uh, I really believe that that love comes from the pull of light, uh, the pull, the P-O-L-E, pole, like the polar of light. And so, um, yeah, comes from comes from God, comes from source. I can't, I don't have a definite answer of that, but if, <laughs> if there was one, that would be it. <laughs> I love what you just shared about it because, so this, this past week I was able to watch uh, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, which both I think touch upon this concept of love and energy and how, you know, there's the light and there's the dark side. But it also makes me think of, I think, this whole concept that you and I have touched upon for quite a while by now throughout this conversation, whatever it is that I choose to focus on expands. Mm. And I think it's the same exact thing where you described the simple act of love, mm. being respectful, being kind, being generous are just, pra- are just behaviors that I can practice on a daily basis. And that alone, what you were just sharing was a great reminder for me because it allowed me to understand that, achieving achieving love is not so complex or it's not as complex as i imagine it to be once again go back to the story rather it's just it could be these simple acts of kindness which can actually lead to that greater place yeah and, and what the, love thing, looks like. the thing that made a difference for me is recognizing that if i'm feeling like terrible 
right? Mm-hmm. Not feeling terrible and, and broken and devastated, lazy, uh, depressed, whatever. It's not my job to go from depressed to love in a single decision. It's that's that's not where the focus should be. And and if anyone's tuning in right now and you're feeling like life's life's hitting you, life's bending you over backwards and and you're totally like not feeling great, then a lot of what what we might be sharing might just be going in one ear and out the other. So one one thing that I find is um the goal, the biggest goal of life is to feel a little bit better, right? If if you're feeling bad, if you're feeling off, the goal should be to feel a little bit better. And so if you're feeling in, and you can get a consciousness scale, a scale of consciousness, the Hawkins scale of consciousness is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham Hicks has a scale of consciousness. Um, if you can look at that and identify where you're at, and you might be at, let's say depressed. And maybe the next step for you is actually to get angry, to get out of apathy, to get out of depression and just stuck and not moving, not doing anything and get angry about how life, your life is not going the way you want it to. Right. So you get angry and then maybe the next step would be, I don't know, revenge. And then the step above that would be sadness. And then the step above that might be, um, you know, like uh, just like forgiveness. You might be trying to forgive people or whatever it is. Right. Pride or something like that. Then the next one might be courage to confront your your fears. So feel a little bit better. That's the next step. Um, But for me, it's it's gratitude is one of those biggest accesses to Mm -hmm. If you if you choose to feel more love, if you want your story to have more love, to have more joy, to have more aliveness, to have more freedom, to have more adventure, to have more greatness, to have more impact, whatever it is, whatever you're looking for, more of your dreams coming true, then gratitude is one of those massive accelerants that you can just keep applying over and over and over again. And one thing that you said, Oleg, that I really love is the behavior. Just go go be that behavior, right? Go go do that behavior, I should say. Go 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 open the door for someone, go respect them, right? Whatever it is. And I've found, and everyone's at different places, but I found for me at this phase, my question is how can I be that more, right? How can I be love? How can I be grateful? How can I be joy? If I'm looking for joy outside of myself, if I'm looking for joy driving the convertible and that's what I think is going to bring me joy. Well, maybe mm-hmm. it is, but why can't I experience that now? Why can't I experience that joy now? Give myself permission and, and do some visualizations, do some experiential things where your body literally experiences that joy now. And so the more often we can live that story of our dream life in our mind before it ever happens in reality, the, the faster it'll come. And so gratitude is one of those things. For me, breathing is a big thing. You might, you might ask, how do you be love? How do you be love? And so for me, it's, it's, I love to breathe. I love to say, do I feel it in my body? And the more emotional intelligence you get, the more intuition you get, the more you are really paying attention to how you feel. Like when you're breathing, you can feel love. You can feel gratitude. You can feel expansive. That's one of the things I feel. I feel expansive Mm -hmm. when I'm in these positive emotions versus if it's a negative or depressing or angry emotion, I contract. I literally shrink. Your, your physiology changes. You feel more expansive. So I just want to share that as gratitude is a access, is a pathway to love and practicing gratitude over and over and over and over again. I've been able to stay in and embody love even more. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the breathing is something to be grateful for because I recently realized that I, to be honest, I don't know how to properly breathe. Mm. I, I think if anything, I breathe along the lines of more shortness of breath. Yep. And so when I came across a couple of people, uh, James, 
Norton, uh, some uh, some author like that. He wrote a book called Breathe, mm. and it, it talks about. I just ordered it, and then there's another person that I've been um, looking into, uh, Wim Hof. Yes, his methods yes. and the different things. And I kid you not. So I, I've been. I haven't been doing it consistently. That's one thing that I would like to have more consistency around. But once I started doing it, I started to feel differently. Mm. I started to feel differently. I started to sense that I think my even my allergies started yeah. to change. Yeah, I was no longer sniffling and coughing, and you know, majority of the day. But it, it was it was incrementally starting to change, and, and the thing that you mentioned about being slightly better, I think for me that's such an important thing to remind myself of, because there were so many times throughout my life where I wanted the thing to change, like that. Yep. Now feeling angry, how do I get to the love? Mm. Or feeling sad, how do I get to happiness? When the reality of the matter is, and you pointed this out beautifully, there there are stages to that. Mm-hmm. Going from that to anger to frustration, to stress, all these other things, and then achieving to that thing. And I think to a degree that there's beauty within that because then it, it becomes a journey. Yeah. Instead of just constantly going from destination to destination, mm-hmm. more so just enjoying the journey for what it has to offer. Yeah. And there's no pressure. Just take take the pressure off yourself that you're supposed to be a certain way. If you're in anger, be in freaking anger. Like yeah. unleash that, be that. Like sometimes I think people are so afraid of expressing those lower frequency, lower vibration emotions, but there's a freaking time and a place. You, you get to unleash that. You get to be that. You get to be sad. If, if you lose a loved one, you get to be sad. Like you have permission, give yourself permission to be there. And so that's, that's another way to free up yourself and your, and your potential is being willing to go to those emotions that we haven't been choosing to experience that we've, we've kept locked away. We've repressed, we've depressed, we've shut down, especially as men. Oh my gosh. Like mm-hmm. being emotional has been one of the biggest, like I would say uh, put downs of being a man for, for many decades. Like you're not supposed to show emotion uh, according to our, uh, you know, parents and society and grandparents and stuff like that. So yeah, be, be in whatever emotion you're being in and know that, man, everything, everything is unfolding perfectly. That's, mm-hmm. that's one of the, the biggest affirmations, reframes that I have ever gotten is everything is unfolding perfectly. Everything is unfolding for my highest and best good. Even if I don't see it right now, the, the everything in life is a miracle or nothing is. So I choose everything is unfolding for my highest good. Even if it doesn't seem like that, even if I don't understand how, I'm going to choose to be grateful for this event, this situation, even if it's challenging in advance. Because I know that there's a seed of opportunity in this. I know there's a, a, a gem somewhere in here. So I'm going to be open and I'm going to practice that gratitude in advance. Now, I know do, you do a lot of work in this space, especially when it comes to working with other men and the different things that they experience. Tell me a little bit more. And for those that are watching, I'll include the link to um, the forms of workshops. And I think it's also group coaching yep. that you do throughout that. Yep. Yes, sir. So the big focus for me is, is for men who are um, feeling like lone wolves, beating themselves up, doubting themselves, doubting their greatness. Um, we really activate their purpose, their power and their prosperity. So we do that through a lot of different ways. The The men mastermind is, is the company. We have a Facebook group, a free Facebook group, free Monday night masterminds. We have an elite men mastermind, which is focused on around accountability and whole life balance mm-hmm. and excellence. We do one-on-one coaching. We're 
which is where we dive into that purpose, power, and prosperity. And so uh, actually launching the podcast, Mastering the Man Within, at the end of the month too. So there's a lot going on, but really it's it's for men who are feeling like they're they're lost, they're less than less than, they're not getting the the most out of their potential and they just really want to activate. They want to turn themselves on and bring their most activated greatest self to life and to everything around them, to their business, to their family, to their romance, to their relationships, to their friendships. And so if you feel like something's missing, um, then I love being able to serve you and remind you how freaking powerful you are and uh, to activate that, that greatness within you. And so that's, it's a, it's a blessing. It's an honor for me to do that, man. Chris, for those that are listening, what are some of the ways that people can support you along yeah. your journey? Man, that's, that's great. So uh, if especially families out there, people, professionals, if you know a man in your life who is is committed to achieving his next level, wants to be happier, wants to be more fulfilled, especially if he has entrepreneurial desires, want, desires wants to be a better version, uh, feel free to recommend them to the Men Mastermind, the free Facebook group. That's an awesome way. When the podcast launches, Mastermind. Mm-hmm the man within, especially if you're a man, share, come join us, listen to it, share it with your bros. And, uh, yeah, that's, I think those are the biggest ones. And, and just, let's see the, the vision of the world. Okay. So let's, let's talk about that. How you can support me indirectly and support Mm -hmm. yourself is, is hold a positive, um, growth oriented, empowering vision of this world. See this world being great. See this world solving the world challenges, world hunger, world epidemics. Visualize that, intend that, be a leader. How you can support me is go be a leader in making our world a better place. Go be a leader like Oleg. Start up your own channel, start up your own podcast, start up your own platform, document your journey. Even if you don't have it all figured out, even if you don't know why you're doing it all, but you feel inspired by it, you feel like it would be meaningful, it would be valuable Mm -hmm. for you to document your journey. That's how you can support us is by being the best version of yourself by taking that action because chances are you're also going to be influencing and inspiring the people around you to get present to their journey, to their story, and uh, being able to reframe that and take back their power and be the best version of themselves. Man, you're awesome. Every time I talk to you, I know that we go into the depth of a topic or a conversation, but there, there's just something about you as your own transformation and everything that you've been through and the energy that I think you put out there. And I also, the other thing that I'll point out that I appreciate about you is your sense of clarity, how it is that you're able to download the messages and then repeat and then repeat them or add your own spin, your own meaning to it. It it truly is fascinating. I mean, whatever the topic is, I just know that, we will always find a way to get through it in a way that makes sense, that's tangible, and it's something that I can actually take action from. So whatever you're doing, however you got here, just keep doing you because it's it, it truly is amazing and empowering to see that there's someone else along the path who is doing the work each and every single day of the way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oleg, dude, thank you, man. And uh, I just, I really acknowledge you. I acknowledge you for taking the leap into this new chapter, new, new story, right? That you're, you're developing and sharing and being able to inspire people. I love, 
I love how you trust your intuition and your purpose, man. It's an honor to be here. It's an honor to be with everyone who's tuning in right now. And, and thank you. Thank you for this time, this energy, this focus. Uh, again, what you focus on, you expand. And so you chose to focus on mastering yourself and mastering your story over this last hour or so. So I really, I give you kudos. I give you um mad props. Give yourself a pat on the back. Recognize that you are doing the work by listening, by tuning in. That's the first step. Now, if you've been doing that for a while and it's time to get out a little bit more to expand your presence and, and take that next courageous action, then let's do that. Oleg's here for you. I'm here for you. We're here for you to step up into your potential, step up into your story, your greatest story, and uh, be the activated epic human being that you are. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider subscribing to our future episodes so you can receive all of our latest content. Also, if you like what you heard, please consider supporting our work by either making a contribution through our website at overcomingodds.today or leaving us a review through Facebook, Google, or iTunes so more people can find these inspiring and courageous conversations. Once again, we thank you for listening and we look forward to having you next time.